0: The Powers on Sports podcast is presented by Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, our Realtor Stahl Alvarado, and our newest sponsor Jeffrey Shayner and Javale Vacation Rentals. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Larry Bird's not walking through that door.
0: We're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my
1: quarterback. Kick.
0: It is... Be the man! You gotta beat the man!
2: The 2-1. Swag
1: line drive, let One run again! the to the
0: is the powers on sports podcast all right welcome in to the super bowl edition of the powers on sports podcast i'm your host jason down in tampa we've got uh it's super bowl week all over the country all the fans around the the last this is the last hurrah for nfl football you got some xfl football coming up here in a little bit in a couple weeks but uh and it's also Valentine, the pre, prelude to Valentine's Day. So I'm gonna, we're going to talk to my guests. We've got a couple of good guests for you. We're going to talk to Peter Blake. Peter's the host of the Evolution of Sports Talk, the sports web here in Tampa. My tag team partner helps me on the, uh, helps us, we co-host the No Quarter Given podcast, which is an all Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. We're also going to talk to Jim Levitt. Coach Levitt was, uh, we're going to give you the Super Bowl experience of a coach coach was the linebacker's coach for the 49ers back in Super Bowl 47 if you remember the Harbaugh Bowl in New Orleans the the 49ers and the Ravens had some controversy so we're going to uh, we're going to talk about talk to coach about his entire Super Bowl experience winning the NFC title game prep week cool people he met at the Super Bowl pregame halftime just all the things that go into a Super Bowl two week celebration that we are uh, that we are uh, about to encompass the last game of the regular season valentine's day mm. don't forget next tuesday i know peter blake hasn't forgot don't forget your whether you're a guy or girl don't forget your significant other don't yeah. wait till don't wait till monday night to try to go shopping at walmart or cvs
1: <laughs> i i think i think i'll be on live that day i've decided to go live that night because i don't have a significant other uh, thanks a lot for having me on here You start out with the Ravens and the 49ers. Who could forget that? I picked the 49ers, but Joe Flacco and that run that he had, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, Joe Montana-like. It was exciting. It came down to the very last play, and I still feel like Jim Harbaugh, Colin Kaepernick, they got screwed on that call. It should have been pass interference. They didn't call it. They swallowed the whistle.
0: Wait to hear what Coach Leavitt had to say about that play, too. He didn't like that one bit.
1: <laughs> it's a crab tree. Was it to crab tree? Yes. Yep. Ka- Kaepernick
0: the Crab Tree. Yep. I'll
1: never forget it. And I, I thought San Francisco was the better team, but you know what? Ray Lewis, that defense, they got it done that night. And again, Joe Flacco was uh was tremendous. And it was Anquam Bolden who eventually went on to be a San Francisco 49er yep. after that game.
0: That's right. That's right. All right. Super Bowl. We're gonna to talk to Peter about the Super Bowl. We're gonna t- get his thoughts on a couple of the quarterback situations. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr situation is going uh, to wrap up one way or the other here in the next week or so in in Las Vegas. We're going to talk a little Buccaneers as well. Quarterback, what do they do with the salary cap situation? So before we, get to, before we get to that, are you a Super Bowl party guy or are you a low-key guy for the Super Bowl? What do you like to do?
1: No, of course you party. You party all day long because it's the last football game of the season. You eat chicken wings. You eat chips. You get dip. You get uh various finger foods uh fast food all day long you stay there you watch the super bowl if i have to work it which sometimes i do for the sports web you know you you get paid for that but you you sit there and you 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 dissect the game and go through all the matchups but if i'm not i'm definitely absolutely partying all weekend long eating everything i can eat i'm putting on those lbs for the (laughs) super bowl
0: Are you staying at the house? Are you going out somewhere? What are you doing?
1: I don't know. I may stay at the house, you know, because it's cheaper. You know, you stay at the house and hang out with family. I like going out, but it's noisy. You never know who you're going to encounter. I've been out to other places before. It's fun, but there's just something about staying in your house, hanging out with your family, eating all kinds of bad food, saving money at the same time, (laughs) and enjoying the last football game of the year.
0: And one of the things for me, I know for me over the years, it's been, do I have a vested interest in one of the teams? Obviously, when our Buccaneers have been in it, you know, it's been a festive, you know, party, for sure party-like atmosphere like it was in 2020. little muted in 2020 because of the COVID and all that. You really couldn't go anywhere and all that stuff. I get it. But if you have a vested interest in one of the teams, maybe a you were, you know, you might be a closet Philadelphia Eagles fan, or, you know, that's your second favorite team. So for me, it kind of depends on the two teams involved. Is it a good matchup? Is I excited about the matchup? That'll determine if I decide to go somewhere for maybe half the game. Cause I'm with you. I don't like to, I don't love to go somewhere and people are charging a cover cover chargers and all that stuff at these restaurants, whether it's a sports bar or whatever. Um, you know those kind of things, and you have to get there so early to to reserve a table. You're sitting there for two hours before the game starts, and all that stuff so i'm I'm with you i'll I'll probably be at home on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, getting ready for this game.
1: I mean, if I want a significant other, you got to save your money, right? So you can't be going out to the bar on Super Bowl in case you do have somebody on that Valentine's Day. But I want to ask you, because it just passed, the two-year anniversary of the Bucks winning Super Bowl 55. What were you doing that night? Can you remember? Because I can remember yep. I was out at the Deck Bar and Grill, and it, it hits you because you want to celebrate. You've watched this team since you were eight years old. That yep. that was for me. But then you realize, you know what? i got to do a Super Bowl postgame show. So I've got to try to be unbiased, but I'm still yep. talking about the Bucks. I don't want to be too excited, but it's like, Man, I, just, I want to lose myself on the camera because it's just amazing. And it's an emotional moment. What were you doing on that <laughs> night? Can you remember?
0: I absolutely can remember because it wasn't a great night for Jay, your boy Jay over here.
1: Oh. So I, I,
0: I was out with my lady friend. We were at Beef Oak Brady's. You know where we're at, right down the street from my house. Mm-hmm. L- low key, I didn't want again. I didn't want to get out of all the all the because I knew obviously if you go down by the stadium because remember the game was in Tampa. Yes. But for the fans that don't remember this, the game was the first home game for a team. You couldn't really. So you, I went out, stayed close to home, went to a beef braze. About second, about halftime, I was not. I started to not feel very good.
1: Oh no! And it
0: wasn't any food that i had eaten. All of a sudden, I start not feeling great. So of course, the Bucks win the game. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm muted. I, I'm not as excited as I would be because I'm not feeling good. You know, I'm with the lady friend. I go to the, I have to go to CVS on the way home because I'm really not starting to feel good now at the end of the game. I didn't go up and down Dale Mabry like everybody was celebrating, Dale Mabry partying all night long because they won the Super Bowl, obviously, beating the Chiefs. I get nailed with like an eight day viral infection, down and out for eight days. I am bedridden, don't get out of my house eight straight days. It's, and of course, I'm thinking, okay, I have COVID because it's right in the middle of COVID. Right. I get tested a couple times. Don't end up getting having COVID. Who knows if I really did or not. I don't know. But I got tested, didn't have it. Viral infection. You talk about miserable for eight days. Literally eight straight days. Could not walk barely. Couldn't barely get out of bed. Sweating my you-know-what's off in my house. Just an awful seven or eight days.
1: I tell you right now, whoever, whomever gave you that, I would try to beat the hell out of them, whomever that was. Because I don't, yeah, yeah, crazy, that was just bad. That's that's terrible. But did you celebrate afterwards, at least?
0: I mean, at that point, it was over. There was no more celebrating. I mean, you can
1: always celebrate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning a Super Bowl because you never true. know when they're going to do it again. But man, I- I'm sorry for that. That's yeah,
0: that- it was it was a not a good six, seven, eight days, man. I was one of the worst. Probably the worst I've ever felt for that long of a period of my life. And, and I don't get sick much.
1: I had COVID, and uh, I felt like it was going to die. So I definitely know how you feel. I didn't have a viral infection. I actually <laughs> had COVID.
0: All right, let's get to the action on the field. Super Bowl 57, Philly, Kansas City, Sunday night in Glendale. Um, talk about – just give me, just give me your general thoughts of the game first, and then we'll hit a couple of matchup situations.
1: Well, look, at the end of the day, I really thought Cincinnati was going to win that game. Uh, you know, hats off to Patrick Mahomes, fighting an ankle injury, still able to throw for over 250 passing yards. Not as mobile. Uh, you get enough out of your running game. You get enough out of your wide receiving threats. Local kid and Marcus uh, Valdez, Yeah,
0: Saint Pete kid.
1: Tremendous. Tremendous out of USF. So it's a great story at the end of the day. And, of course, they're going back there to face the Philadelphia Eagles, which at points this year I felt like was the best team in the National Football League overall because they play complementary football. Jalen Hurts could be the MVP this year. His progression from a 16-9 to to touchdown-to-interception ratio to what he is now has been tremendous. They run the ball. And on top of it, the biggest key for my game and going back to 55 is... They're going to be able to get after Patrick Mahomes. If they can do that, I think they can definitely win this game. So very evenly matched teams. I'd like to see Patrick Mahomes 100%. I don't necessarily think he is. Is he in a better spot than he was in Cincinnati? Yes, for sure. Remains to be seen. But against that Philadelphia defense, which completely and totally dominated the San Francisco 49ers, taking Brock Purdy out there, um, I'm convinced that Philadelphia can win this game, but it'll be a good game.
0: Yep, Philadelphia's about a one and a half, two point favor going into Sunday. To me, let's talk. Let's hit that first key first. I think you're right. I think you're right on the Philly pass rush versus the Kansas City offensive line, and thus the mobility of Mahomes to avoid those things. That's one of Mo- Mahomes' greatest qualities: is his ability to move around in the pocket, bust loose, and then create those second reaction plays with his receivers. I think if if Philly can get pressure with only four. Not having to blitz five and six guys like they have. They've led the league in sacks all year. I think 70-something sacks for the, by that defense this year. Tremendous job by that Philly defensive line. And to me, if the Kansas City offensive line cannot hold up, it will be a, another long day just like two years ago in Tampa.
1: I mean 497 yards behind the line of scrimmage versus the Bucs and that's the kind of pressure you want to get and I actually think the Eagles could be actually more talented than that Bucks defense yep. although it's tough to say because at the time the Chiefs were missing both tackles and I was talking to Leon Searcy the night before and he said look the Bucs are going to win this because they're going to be able to get after it and you talk about Mahomes he's so great at improvising and making things happen I'm not sure how well he's going to be able to do that on Sunday versus this defense, not only with his injury. Again, I think that favors the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they can get after him with four. They won't have the blitz. They can match up with this Kansas City offense. Now, but were Tyree Kill, that would be one thing. But you don't have Tyree Kill. Maybe that's made Mahomes a better quarterback because he's able to look for other targets, and of course, namely uh, Travis Kelsey, which, by the way, Eagles, you got to cover that guy because yeah. Mahomes is going to him
0: no no doubt and and again to me the weak, the weak link you look at the Kansas City offensive line would be the right tackle. Hassan Reddick has been a beast in the playoffs for the Eagles. Again, if in part of this game plan is going to be does Andy Reid keep guys in to chip him, extra running back and extra tight end to have to protect because if they have to keep that extra guy in, one less guy Philadelphia has to cover and, again, you got you got a lot of guys on that Philly defensive line, a guy we know, Sue. You got Fletcher Cox. You got Reddick. You got Brandon Graham. You got jo- – they rotate eight, seven, eight, nine guys on that defensive line. You got fresh guys coming in, and all those guys can rush the passer.
1: And then on top of it, you look at the back end. You have Slay and uh, James Bradbury, yep. who's given Mike Evans and the Bucs so many years of problems, whether it was with the Carolina Panthers or the New York Giants. So you have one of the best secondaries in the league. Uh, you also have Gardner Johnson, who they traded yes. for. Who's been an Kelsey, MVP.
0: he'll yes. be the guy isolating Kelsey a lot, You'll, I think.
1: That's the matchup you have to look out for. And you know that uh, Gardner Johnson can hold his own versus tight ends because we've seen it against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that's an interesting matchup in itself. And you talk about Reddick, I mean, here's a guy who went from free agency from yep. the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you know, gets a, a modest deal. He's going to get paid ransom. Uh, deal by the Philadelphia Eagles or somebody out there with the year that he's had.
0: Let's go to the Philly offense. To me, one of the keys for Philly all year long has been their balance. The run, Pat, the ability to run the ball effectively and throw the ball. You know, you the big acquisition with A.J. Brown. That RPO game with Jalen Hurts being able to run the ball creates so many one-on-one matchups on the outside. And you're going to have a very young Kansas City secondary. I think three rookies start back there. To me, that that could be if, it, if they're stuck there one-on-one against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown because they're having to commit more guys to the running game with Sanders and Jalen Hurts and Gainwell, that's a big problem for Kansas City.
1: It's a major problem, and that's what makes the Eagle offense so dangerous because they are balanced, and you talk about A.J. Brown. I mean, the reason why you pick him up in the first place is you're kind of trying to duplicate what happened With uh, the Buffalo Bills, you get a young quarterback like a Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, who's a game breaker. Who Tennessee? I don't know why they didn't want to pay him, but they didn't pay him. So good for Philadelphia. Same thing happened with the Buffalo Bills: Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. Minnesota wanted to trade him, so that's what you're looking for. You've seen the development out of Hurts, of course. Him, him being the big story, and of course on the other side, who are you going to double? You're going to double AJ Brown. Are you going to double up on a Devontae Smith? If you don't double up on one of them, you have one-on-one coverage. And then on top of it, you have the tight end. Goddard. Well, it's Goddard, who is a mismatched nightmare. So this is a tough matchup yeah. for this Kansas City defense. And. Coming on and playing better.
0: And now you have the obviously, the extra element of Jalen Hurts running the ball is the extra running back. And you've already got the best offensive line in football with that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. If again, I think Kansas City, the, dec- the decision they're going to have to make is, do we commit extra guys to contain that running game? Because they're going to run the ball. Philly's running the ball. It's a matter of how long they run it. If Kansas City can keep them into third and four, third and five, that makes it where they have to throw the ball a little bit. But if can't, if, if Philly's getting four or five yards a carry, it's going to be a long day for for Kansas City.
1: Is your game plan if you're Steve Spagnolo, uh, Spagnola, uh, I think it is his name? Uh, of course, he was the defensive coordinator for the, the New Giants. York Saints, which shut down the perfect New England Patriots at the time. Is your game plan to force Jalen Hurts to throw from yep. that pocket? Because I'm not sure if he can do that with that injury. He doesn't look 100%. I was talking to a guy by the name of Leo Haggerty. You're familiar with him. And he said he took a shot in that San Francisco game. Doesn't necessarily look 100%. We knew going into the playoffs that would be a big key to that Eagle offense with Jalen Hurts being 100%. Do you think he's 100%? And if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and the defense, do you force him to throw from the pocket, contain him so he can't make those plays with his feet? The,
0: the, the problem you have if you, if you, uh, you know, if you commit extra guys and everything's one-on-one on the outside – then you got the jump ball situation with AJ and Devonte you're just exposing yourself it's easy throws if you, if everything's one on one on the outside they're easy slants easy comebacks back show they're not hard throws so again i know he didn't play great against san francisco but he didn't have to that game was over at 21 to 7 the eagles put that game in neutral at 21 7 and basically ran the clock out San Francisco couldn't st- – they still ran the ball down San Francisco's throat on defense. Their defense wasn't hurt. The quarterback was hurt. They still ran for 180 yards, 200 yards against San Francisco, and I worry about that Sam- That Kansas City front seven being able to stop that running game.
1: i tell you right now, though, Chris Jones is playing like he a – He That's right now. Aaron Donald, I mean, he's taken he, – he looks like Aaron Donald at this juncture, and he's played yep. like that, and he's needed to play like that because he's galvanized this defensive line they got after joe burrow that was the big time key four sacks in that first half i think like five sacks for the game that was the difference that they can do that to jalen hurts who knows hurts may not be a hundred percent and if he does take a hit then you got to face gardner Minshew. and i think kansas city would rather have that matchup so again it always goes back to this you know, you got to have a quarterback that's able to throw the ball, and make all the throws. You also have to have a defensive line that's able to get after that quarterback. And we'll see if that offensive line, which is another good matchup, that Philly offensive line has done a tremendous job all Best year Best in late.
0: the league. Best it's in the league by far. Main,
1: it's one of the main reasons why they're so good when it comes to being balanced and running the ball and protecting Hurts. They're going to have their work cut out for them with Jones.
0: It'll be interesting to see what the officiating's like. I mean, obviously we know. <laughs> no, I mean, in all seriousness, these yes. are the, I mean, the Super Bowl crew has been announced. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, if they let them play, if they, you know, again, ticky tack holding calls. Again, that those are the kind of plays when you, when, you know, especially Philadelphia that runs the ball a lot. Holding calls that negate big runs that turn into instead of second and three, it's now first and twenty. Those kind of situations which derail drive. So be interesting what the officiating philosophy is by this crew. Do they let them play? Especially and on the outside, kansas city is going to be outmanned on the outside do they let those dbs get away with the grabbing and the clutching or do they let them play they usually have let them play in a super bowl the last several years so be interesting to see how that goes
1: you're absolutely correct and at those critical times you know pass interference can be uh you know the difference between a third and ten and basically second life and first and ten or first and goal at the end of the day we saw that in super bowl 55 going back to that with Kansas city and Tampa Bay, but you're exactly right. And don't tell Roger Goodell that he doesn't have a problem with it. Cause you actually think it's the best that you've ever had. And I'm like, Roger, what do you say? And I get it. That's what he's supposed to stay on the NFL state of the union. Yeah, address. He's
0: not going to kill the referees,
1: right? He's not going to, so we'll see how it plays out. It's been yep. a big factor this year. It's been a big factor in the post season. That's we'll what Jason powers. It's going to be a big factor again. I just know it. I don't think it's a script. It is what it is. It's going to happen. Mark it down. There's going to be a controversial call in this game that's going to help a team win or change something, change the complexion, and we're going to be talking about it on Sports Talk Radio and Sports Talk Television. Watch.
0: And on this podcast and on your show as well.
1: Yep, that's right. You better believe it.
0: Give me a score prediction.
1: <sighs> 34-31 Philadelphia.
0: All right. I'm going 31-21, Philly. I think Philly, the running game is going to be too much for Kansas City. The balance that Philadelphia is going to be able to establish. and You're going to have Nick Sirianni in his second year. Can you And you and I know this. I was at the game last year. How much did the Bucks manhandle Philadelphia last year in that wild card game? How much is, give Jalen Hurts credit, how much he's improved as a quarterback and that Philadelphia team has improved from what we saw at 31-7 in Tampa in the wild card round last year?
1: And it seemed like there was a chip on their shoulder all year long. And, you know, their whole purpose was to get better on the defensive line. They did that in the draft. Their whole purpose was also to get better on offense with A.J. Brown. They were able to do that. And, of course, again, it goes back to Jalen Hurts. We can't talk about it enough. When yep. a quarterback improves that much, and we saw him. He looked like a deer in headlights last year. He did. To now a quarterback that basically is knocking on the door at MVP uh, talk. Yeah, that's a big-time difference. So they definitely carry that loss over. They let that motivate them, and hats off to that young coaching staff, which, again, at the end of the day, they're a direct reflection of him. Young coach, young fire. They have this energy about them. You could see him on the sidelines. That team believes in him. I think the sky is the limit for this kid
0: no doubt and he's going to get a big payday too cuz remember he he wasn't a first round draft pick so he's eligible to get paid this offseason he's only got a 4 year contract he's Certainly. finishing year 3 he'll probably get in the neighborhood 180 to 200 million dollar guaranteed contract by the and the owners already come out and said we're, we're ready to pay him so it's not like there's any dispute like there is in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and such and uh and such so all right let's transition powers on sports podcast Jason along with Peter Blake Peter, promote your, uh, your your online content, all the good stuff you're doing.
1: Yeah, it says SportsWeb live on YouTube. Go to the SportsWeb, like, and subscribe. Of course, I love St. Pete, the hub, and Amped Up Sports on Facebook. And do three things. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about.
0: And I know you're a big wrestling fan. You see the news, Jerry the King Lawler with the stroke.
1: I, I can't believe it, and uh, he's he's already had a stroke, Jason Powell. I mean, he had one in 2018. The poor guy had a heart attack, and I mentioned this tonight on my Turnbuckle Talk uh, segment on the sports web. He really created that storyline with the celebrity in the 80s with that whole storyline with Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And who could forget that on Saturday Night Live with David Letterman, how real it was. I mean, you don't have that. You don't have Cindy Lauper. You don't have Mr. T. You don't have Lawrence Taylor. You don't have Mike Tyson without Jerry Lawler. Right. And of course, Andy Kaufman. So God bless him. Hopefully he gets better. Stay out of wrestling. No more wrestling matches. Hell, no more commentating. You've done yeah. enough, my friend. You're 73 years old. You're a legend. I mean, what's a better announcing team besides us? Of course. Well, of course. You, you've, got, you've got Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. I mean, can you think of anything Bobby the Brain Heenan and, yes. of course, Tony Schiavone. you got Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon. How about Jesse Ventura and um, – Jesse uh,
0: and Gorilla. Gorilla, good.
1: yes. It's over, McMahon.
0: <laughs> and one other passing, too, in the wrestling world in the last week or so. Lanny Poffo, if you don't know who that is, that's I Randy Savage's brother in real life. Yes. Randy, That their last name was Poffo. Yes. Randy Savage's real brother, Lanny Papa, who was also a wrestler for a lot of years. You remember him in the WWF? He was, what was his leaping Lanny? Papa yes. was his name. We always used to read a poem. He used to read a poem and all that stuff as a wrestler. Yes. He passed away last week as well, unexpected kind of unexpectedly. I think he was sixty-eight.
1: Something 67. like that. Yeah, 67 years old. You're, and a you're in the Tampa kid. Bay area. Yeah, met him. I uh, actually have a picture of him and George, the animal still. And yes. George Animal is actually choking me, which is a highlight in my life, which is crazy. <laughs> such a wrestling geek. But you have Lanny in the picture and George choking me. I met him. He could do a mean impression of his brother. He told me all kinds of stories. God bless that man because he was definitely an integral part in my opinion, in the eighties, I mean, with that, with those gimmicks, I mean, those were far out gimmicks. It absolutely worked with the genius and Lanny Poffo. And that All right, great couple of, the
0: and there, I know yeah, there's, there's some, some good wrestling talk here for for the, for the fans out there. Yeah. yeah, We don't talk a lot here, but when, when legends pass, we got to talk about them because they were, they were, they made that business. They made that business tick for a lot of years. Yes. All right. Before we let you go, Peter, let's talk a couple quarterback situations around the league. Aaron Rodgers. You know, obviously, got you got all the speculation. You, you saw him over the weekend at the at the Pebble Beach Pro Am. He actually won the Pro Am, so good for him for winning the Pro Am. But now all the, you know, he's going on some four day of four day darkness retreat and all this bull. You know what? Um, where do you see him? Where do you see him ending up? Staying in Green Bay, Jets, Las Vegas. A lot of chatter about the Raiders and Devonte Adams. Right. Or, or, or potentially Tampa Bay. What do you, what do you, where do you see it going?
1: He's going in a four-day dark retreat in the house. He was trying to explain this on Pat McAfee, and I was kind of thinking, is he foreshadowing? There you go. Dark, uh, uh, black. Yeah, going to the Las Vegas Raiders, I think it's certainly a possibility. I think more of the Jets, because the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett. He's familiar with Aaron Rodgers. He was, he was his offensive coordinator. That would make sense. The Jets feel like, they're only one player away a la a couple of years ago with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I could see more of that possibility. I don't know, man, four days without a cell phone, four days without a camera, four days without talking to my tag team partner of the world, Jason power. I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't, you know, four <laughs> days without Jason powers talking to him, having him on my show. I don't think I could do that. Uh, it's just, it's so weird. I don't know where he's going. I mean, he's like uh, Jake Plummer all over again. I mean, the guy had and he thing. could
0: retire he oh, could Christ. pull the he could pull the, the the carpet out from all of us and retire
1: he could pull the carpet out from under us and go out in the woods somewhere or out in the amazon and, and yeah. have that Haluska drink or whatever and hallucinate all about NFL career i mean it just reminds me of Jake Plummer. Remember when Jake Plummer went out and, and was hunting and he got traded to the Bucks, and he refused to come Smoking back? Smoking that
0: weed, baby. Jake I likes to you. smoke that weed.
1: I guess. And maybe Aaron does the same thing. It's, it's, it's too much at the end of the day. I feel like the Packers should cut their losses, see what you can get for him, and go on with Jordan Love. I, I think
0: they're going to do that.
1: I, I, I think they have to.
0: All right, let's go to let's go to Derek Carr. February 15th is the big day of, of note for him. Yes. The Raiders have to do something by the 15th, either cut them. They're not keeping them. So they're either cutting them or trading them by the 15th. Yeah. Um, there's been talk this week that he, he he talked to the New Orleans Saints. There's been other chatter. Would he be option number two in New York if they don't get Aaron Rodgers? Potentially Tampa here is in the mix. because if, if they decide to go the veteran quarterback route, where do you see Derek Carr landing?
1: i like to see him with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I think he would be a perfect fit. I mean, I get it. His completion percentage went down last year to 60%. He had a high interception rate. But has this man ever been given a defense that's able to stop anybody? This guy has had multiple offensive coordinators. He's been a top 10 quarterback in this league. He's thrown for 4,000 yards. I feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not done yet. They're not rebuilding. I'm not ready for Trask time. Like a lot of the fans out there, I'm not ready for a rebuild. I'm ready for a reload. I'm hoping the Bucks will wait it out like every other team because you would be stupid to trade for him when you know basically, first and foremost, the Raiders have no value because every team knows that if he's on that roster, it's going to cost them $40 million. So what a sweetheart of a deal that is right before Valentine's Day. You just can kiss him goodbye. Hold out. I I would, I would
0: trade. I would make, if you really want him and you think he's part of the solution here, especially here or New York, Mm -hmm. I'd give up a third round. There sounds like the third round draft pick is the number they're looking for. I would give up a third round draft pick to guarantee that somebody doesn't swoop in the back door and gobble him up.
1: I would too, but I don't think there's anybody that's going to gobble him up because there's teams out there that know already that the Raiders have basically no leverage at this juncture. So Wait it out. See what happens. Got to hire an offensive coordinator first. I don't know. Tampa, yep. Right. I don't know why Carr would be interested in New Orleans. Michael Thomas is a big-time cap hit. You're going to have to cut him. I get it. You have Chris Alave, Alvin Kamara, who could be suspended for a long-term this year because he wasn't suspended last year for the Pro Bowl incident. You don't know how that's going to work out. I get it. They have a defense. I could see Carr with the Bucs. I could see Carr with the Jets. I don't buy the Saints, but... Who knows? It may happen. They may trade for him. But at the end of the day, you know, the Saints agreed to the Raiders' compensation. Now, what yeah. the heck that is? Who is? Third knows? round.
0: It sounds like it was a third-round pick.
1: Right. But Derek Carr has all the leverage. He has to sign off on it, and he has to also sign right. off on the contract. So that's the problem that may hurt the Bucs and other teams out there. How much money does he want? How much money do you want to give him? Right. I mean, do you agree? Is this the best-case scenario for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their quarterback situation?
0: I mean the Bucks are in a tricky spot cuz they're in bad salary cap situation like 50 plus million dollars over the cap. Right. I think you'll know probably in the next 2 weeks which way the Bucks are going to go, if they're going to go the veteran route. I'm not a proponent. Again, we'll and we'll talk more of this on the No Quarter Given podcast. We will have a new episode coming out probably late March first week, I mean late February first week of March previewing free agency as well. Bucks have to make a decision is 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 2023 going to be a throw away year and reset everything salary cap wise and the roster and give Kyle Trask one year to see what he can do or are they going to stay in the try to win now mode try to kick the can down the road get out of salary cap situation try to bring in a veteran quarterback that's going to be the interesting thing for me about what the Buccaneers do about do you you, you give Kyle Trask an opportunity and maybe bring in a mid-tier backup a Sam Darnold a Mike White kind of guy maybe a Baker Mayfield or do you try to land a big fish like Car. And I've even heard Aaron Rodgers in the speculation the last week or so, you know, you never know what happens there. Yeah, you, you just never know.
1: Maybe even a Jimmy Garoppolo, if he could stay healthy, he's one of the quarterbacks. But he, he can't. Can. So I don't like
0: Garoppolo. He yeah, can't. I
1: don't either. I mean. I, I would
0: not pay Jimmy Garoppolo. He
1: can't stay healthy. I mean, it seems like, you know, ever since the, he got to the Super Bowl, it's been a decline of, of his health. And it's a shame because the guy is somewhat talented. He is somewhat young. He is. He is he but can. he can't they stay healthy. Throws, but he can't stay healthy. So, yeah. Sam Donald, I wouldn't rule it out because he has uh, he's very familiar with Todd. Yeah. Didn't Todd Bowles draft him?
0: Mike White is my sleeper to come with Kyle Trask,
1: Baker Play- Mayfield, and Todd Munkin.
0: But okay, and again, that's that's the other big key of this situation: the Bucks got to make a offensive coordinator, and, the, and I think you'll see that within the next by, by probably Tuesday after the Super Bowl, the Bucks will have made it a, have to make a move here because you because again that that dictates which way you want to go quarterback-wise, potentially, with what you do offensive coordinator-wise. So who's your picking at offensive coordinator? Give me one. Munkin?
1: Uh, Munkin would be my favorite. I mean, I know he's got two interviews with Baltimore already done. I, I know that the Bucks are interested in bringing him back. He was the offensive coordinator in 2018. He's won two straight national championships. I get it. You have lots of talent, but what he's done with Stetson Bennett is intriguing. Maybe he could do the same thing with Kyle Trask if that's the way they're going to go better wide open offense i mean i think dan pitcher is interesting another interesting candidate that the bucks have interviewed twice now big time uh, development of joe Burrow, right we'll uh, and, then, and the other guy they interviewed uh according to jeremy fowler was uh canalis
0: seattle's quarterback coach
1: yep he's had a big time part
0: gino gino 30
1: touchdowns and 11 interceptions you turned gino smith into a pro bowl quarterback but he wasn't the oc
0: now he wasn't calling plays let's be let's be careful now
1: quarterback coach and helped helped right and he's 41 years old he's relatively young i think it's very interesting to see some of the candidates that the bucks are interviewing maybe maybe they could be going with trask or a young quarterback If the
0: bucks hire somebody with no play calling experience that might tell you they might be going young but if they bring in a guy and then here's another name that will be available come monday eric b enemy
1: i would like to see him interview with the bucks he's already interviewed with baltimore and washington it looks like he could be going there how about uh shane stichen say that three times steichen
0: shane steichen Yep. Okay,
1: I thought it was stitching Steichen from Philadelphia. Would that be somebody that you could be interested in? Is that he might
0: be, he might be in line for a head coaching job. Maybe Arizona well, might be still in the mix there.
1: Wants that job at the end of the day, I mean, with Kyler Murray and all the stuff that's come out with his immaturity issues, everybody's staying away from that job for some reason. Could it be Murray?
0: One of 30. There's only 32 of them, brother. They ain't turning them down. See what happened to Byron. Le- See Byron left, which were people that turned down head coaching jobs job yeah. offers he's getting ready to be the oc probably at notre dame here coming up pretty soon so uh a bad year for one lord byron yes. we know here so and not all his fault but went from having opportunity to be the head coach of jacksonville to now trying to get a head coach oc job at notre dame so uh not the not the best transition so all right peter blake gotta let you go now great work Remember Peter Blake, I know you got ladies all over the Pinellas County and Hillsborough County area for Valentine's day. Keep them at a distance. Keep them, keep all your stories straight and make sure you get them all at least some flowers or some chocolate.
1: Sounds good. My friend, you do the same thing. You're my tag team partner of the world. So you got to put those ladies over. All right.
0: (laughs) Thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Peter Blake coming up next, Jim Levitt talking about his super bowl 47 coaching experience in new Orleans and we're also going to talk a little NBA after Coach Leves. Appreciate it. Stick with us. And we'll be right back on the Powers on Sports podcast. As the spring and summer vacation season approaches, have you ever thought of going to St. Martin's down in the Caribbean? Half of St. Martin's is, in the, is French and the other half is Dutch. What a beautiful, beautiful area St. Martin's is. And if you head to St. Martin's and you're looking for a condo, reach out to Jeffrey Shaner 941-830-0056. Jeffrey owns a condo in St. Martin's, a beautiful two-bedroom, two-bath penthouse condo overlooking the water. If you want to see what this condo looks like, vrbo.com, verbo, vrbo.com, listing number 650201. Very affordable rates for a beautiful vacation stay in St. Martins. Again, Jeffrey Shainer, 941-830-0056. And give them the promo code Jason2023 and let them know the Powers on Sports podcast sent you. You will have a great time in St. Martins, whether it's you and your loved ones or a family vacation this spring or summer. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay Area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And print and marketing solutions. My guy, Todd Tedesco, 813 498 2887. Todd's located on the corner of Line Ball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing s- specialists. Todd Tedesco, 813-498-287. All right, welcome in. Powers on Sports Podcast. It is Super Bowl week out in Glendale, Arizona. San Francisco, or not sorry, the Philadelphia Eagles against the Kansas City Chiefs. We are going to bring you the coaches a coach's perspective from our coach, our podcast analyst himself. He coached in this game several years ago in Super Bowl 47, San Francisco 49ers, and The Baltimore Ravens, the famed Harbaugh Bowl, the first ever Harbaugh Bowl. Coach Jim Leavitt joins us, going to give us his perspective. Coach was the linebacker's coach for the 49ers during that Super Bowl, and we're going to get all his perspective on that Super Bowl preparation, all the the hype and hoopla, and then a little game preview. Welcome in, Coach. Oh,
2: It's good to be uh, back. We haven't been together for a while now.
0: Yeah, I know. It's been a couple of weeks. So I hope you had a new good New Year's. And I saw some uh saw it look like you had a little, had a good time during
2: Gasparilla. I saw had a little fun during Gasparilla. Well, I did. I and I ran into Brady Breeze, who um is living close to me uh right now. He played for me at Oregon nice. safety in the NFL was with Detroit and uh ran into him and uh that was kind of fun and I uh, ran into a lot of people. It was a lot it was a lot of fun.
0: it's a fun event if you if you those of you not in the tampa bay area it is it is kind of our mardi gras fest like event here in tampa uh called gasparilla so it's an awesome event if you're ever down here during gasparilla definitely all right one question do you have any do you have any
2: players in the game from any of your stops oregon any guys in the game you know I, i i don't you know you know i that's a good question because i haven't gone back on the rosters and really looked at them yep um I, I guess I would be surprised if there wasn't somebody that I had, uh, either been a ball I don't know. You know what? But that's, I'm glad you, you know, I didn't even think about looking that up because there could be somebody on practice squad or somebody that I, that that I'm very familiar with. So we'll see. I
0: know, I know Kansas city has that Trent McDuffie kid from Washington. You probably played against him cornerback. I think he's a corner from, from Washington. It was, I think he was a pretty high pick for Kansas city. I'm trying to think of any Oregon guys. I can't think of any Oregon guys from a couple of years back. So you, you might,
2: who knows? Well, the only person I, Nate Allen used to play for the Eagles. He did, you know, a number of years ago, you know, who played for me at South Florida. Um, But there were a couple, you know, that, that, but it's been a number of years now. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, but I'm going to look at the rosters and see. That's, That's a good question.
0: So, Coach, when he was with the 49ers, he coached two elite all-pro linebackers, Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis. If If you're a football fan, you remember those guys. Just talk about those two guys. I mean, what professionals those guys were, and talk about how great of players they were just in their general career in general.
2: Well, they were great players. You know, it was amazing to me that they were physically so gifted, but they were mentally astute, and they were so good at their preparation. And they wanted to be great. They expected to be great. And we talked about in the meetings all the time, you know, when, you know, like after a game, people would come up to them and say, you played so great, Pat Navarro, you did such a great job. And I used to grab them in the meeting rooms. I said, you know, when people say that to you, uh, they're, they're acting as if that's very special. And I said, you got to understand that if you're going to be the best in the game, that's just who you are. Yeah. And it's not unusual to play great every game. Yeah. And talked about it a lot, you know, and uh, Pat and Navarro were were great players and did a good job. then when Vic Fangio, who just now just joined the Miami Dolphins. Right. When he didn't want to mess with the outside backers, I always grabbed Alden Smith. Um,
0: I forgot you had but, Alden as well. He was a tremendous pass rusher and linebacker.
2: And Ahmad Brooks. Had those yeah. two. So yeah. you know, we had four linebackers that were really good. And um, you know, so I, I'm excited about Vic going down to Miami Dolphins. I think that's a pretty neat little deal. And you know, it was interesting in the Super Bowl, it's amazing how how most coaches never had that opportunity. You know, I was in the in the NFL for four years, went to three NFC championship games and won Super Bowl. So I was very fortunate. And Vic Fangio was in twenty-three years. And had never been to a Super Bowl. Wow. You know, That'll so. that my
0: first question to you. What was the feeling you had as a kid from Dixie Hollins High School quarterback, know, knowing that you committed your whole coaching life to coaching when you won the NFC championship and you know, damn, I'm going to the freaking Super Bowl? Oh, well,
2: it was a special feeling. It was very powerful to really. Um, I was very humbled by it, I was overwhelmed by it. And uh, all I want to do is do the best job I ever you know, I could to prepare my guys to win, you know, because you don't go to the Super Bowl to lose, certainly. And, you know, it came down to that poor officiating calls, we've said We're going to get year. to that. We're going to get <laughs> to that. <laughs> Michael Crabtree, he was interfered with. Otherwise, I'd have a Super Bowl ring, so. Did
0: your coaching you know, staff, did Coach Harbaugh and the staff, did you guys do something special as a coaching staff celebrating that night just to reminisce saying, damn, we're freaking going to the Super Bowl as a coaching staff?
2: Well, you know, I don't remember that, honestly. I remember on the field we beat the Atlanta Falcons on a great – I mean, it was a great game. Right at the end of the game, Navar Bowman knocked down a pass to solidify the win.
0: Tony Gonzalez, uh, intended for Tony Gonzalez – on 4th right. down, I remember it.
2: And, you know, I had a lot of my family was there. And uh, I can remember because it was, you know, close to Tampa. I mean, Atlanta. Yeah. And I remember I remember really, really feeling incredible after that game and going to see my family. And, yep. and when we were going to the Super Bowl, I think we flew back right away, so I don't remember really any celebrating because we were – on task you know we had to prepare for the Ravens and you know want to do all we could to uh, to win that game
0: now was that a two week buffer or a one
2: week buffer in the Super Bowl it was two weeks okay just now and um you know we had in New Orleans we played New Orleans and you know I only went out uh you know French quarter along the you know this trip or whatever you call it uh I only went out one day. Uh, two weeks and all I did was look at film. Uh, we practiced. I was in looking at film and we looked at so much film. And I, I remember my tips and reminders. Usually before a game, you'll give tips and reminders out. It might be, it might be five pages, six pages, seven pages, you know, you know, some diagrams, some indicators that you really want to make sure your players are uh, understand or aware of, I had 16 pages. And
0: and, and the, one of the reasons I would guess was it was hardball versus hardball, so they knew each other so well. You know that you guys have they've discussed every scheme, every offense, defense that they run together probably. And so the 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 for you as a coach to try to find that little edge schematically was probably the heart
2: of what your study habits were those two weeks, right? Well, you yeah, had two weeks, first of all, so you had time. Right. which was probably not good for me because, you know, you don't want to give them too much information because they're going to process it all. But most of 16 pages, a lot of it, I drew diagrams, things that it wasn't just written information, uh, things that could look, see the formation, see a play and identify that, Hey, listen, when they run, you know, when they get in this formation, this set, these are the plays that they normally run. Right. Past and you know know, so much formation orientated by field position right in the red zone an example which we called red zone a 15 yard line in if they were in double flank or pro trips or twin trips open or spread or empty just my point is a formation right hey these are the plays you're going to see in this part of the field most of the time right so we, we really identified things by formations, and then down distance. You know, third and short, mm-hmm. What are their favorite plays. Third medium, third long, uh, first second down. What are their What do they mainly want to do? What is their theme? And those are the things you really want to try to get across to your players.
0: Prep week that week you guys were in San Francisco. The week before you travel, when you had kind of probably practice a couple times, talk about all the the little not all the the first day or two. Who did you invite to the Super Bowl? Because players get tickets. Players who handle all that stuff the first couple of days. Who did you invite
2: to the Super Bowl that week? Well, I didn't want to. I didn't. Wanna, you know, I, I felt like I never knew. You know, like Vic hadn't been to the Super Bowl in twenty three years, and you know, here I had the opportunity. I didn't know if I'd ever be back. Right. So I didn't sell the tickets. I gave them all out to my family. My wife. Okay. Her came down. Uh, I had a real good friend named Mel Klinghofer. He was the best man at my wedding. Right. Very good. Uh, I got him a ticket and a, you know, a couple other friends, um, you know, family, my, you know, brothers, cousins, those people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I gave all the tickets out. I had, you know, I don't know if you have 20. I don't know how many you have, but I used them all. There you go. That, that's, that, that was my –
0: talk about the week of practice. Obviously, most people talk about how – Most teams will use that first week to put in their game plan and do most of the prepping. What were the things you would stress to your guys? Obviously, you were dealing with all pro players. Were you more about fundamental, just reminders, fundamentals? How did you use that first week to prep your guys, your linebackers, for
2: the game plan? Well, I I didn't worry about fundamentals because we're in our 24th week of the season. Yeah, (laughs) These guys are pros. You know, they're not – you know, I mean – Always going to do, you're always going to work in practice on some individual drills, cut blocks and things. Yeah, you know, just their steps and their you know basic stance and start uh drills, but it mostly is team stuff, seven on seven throwing, uh, team oriented things. Uh, we tried almost like a bowl game, you know, we wanted our game plan in there, you know, three or four days before we played, right, as best we could. Because all the distractions, when you get there for Super Bowl, yep. you, you got to be careful because the media has their time limits on, on certain players. And it's um there's a lot of distractions that you got to be very careful and you got to be concerned about so- Even these grown, grown men, you know. So you get to New Orleans, of all places, New
0: Orleans, a big party town. It's not like right. coming to, to Tampa or some other places where there's not as much night-like activity. How much did you and the coaching staff and Coach Harbaugh stress to the guys, hey, I'm not trying to tell you what you can and can't do, but get don't get yourself in a bad
2: situation at night? You know, it's interesting because, you know, these are, these are guys that are – it's different. They're playing a Super Bowl. They know they might never be there again, and they want to win. Uh, it's not like college kids, but we've all heard the stories. of different players are getting ready for Super Bowl and things happen. Um, so you know we those things were stressed, but man you you would think these guys these guys were pretty they're so focused and you know so wanting to play great that um, you know, I know I wasn't very concerned about those kind of things. That's not bad. like when I was a head football coach in college. You know,
0: talk about Coach Levitt at Media Day. Did you get to experience Media Day like I'm sure like, like they put a every every coach and every player in a little booth for that one hour? How was Coach how did Coach Levitt enjoy Media
2: Day? Uh, I did, you know. I mean, you know, when I was let go of South Florida, you know, we all know there was a lot of drama about that. And a lot of um all the media people were asking me about all that. You know, it kind of reflected back to you know, be, you know, the last season I was at South Florida, you know, we, we won nine, and won our bowl game, and, you know, beat Florida State up there and some really good things. And um, so a lot of things were brought up. Okay. You know, all these years, and now you're in the Super Bowl. You know, how do you feel? Um, but, you know, I, I didn't think about those kind of things. I didn't think about anything but trying to prepare my guys to win a Super Bowl, it's always on my mind. So, but a lot was brought up about, you know, just about my career and what had happened in my career and all those things. It was, it was kind of interesting. And yes, I was had a lot of time with the media uh, before the game.
0: So the Super Bowl, unlike most road trips that you take in the NFL and college, you're in another city for seven or eight days. How did you right. handle? How'd you guys handle? just being away from your facility, just not the normal access, the easiness of things that were easy to access when you're in the 49er building in Santa Clara. How was that being on the road in New Orleans in a hotel? I'm sure you guys brought, what'd you guys use the
2: Saints? Did
0: you use the Saints facility in Tulane? No, I mean, we we
2: were, I believe we we're at the Marriott and we set it up as if it was our home office. We had a great setup and we were used to doing that. We, we traveled, I mean, I remember when we went from San Francisco to play uh, New York Jets. And, um, you know, we, st- we stayed in a, um, uh, in Ohio. I got you young- at a holiday in and we set it all up as our headquarters for the week so used to doing that. Okay. Um, we- I had a great setup. I had my own office, had the grease boards. I had a great setup for film. We had great setup for meetings. I mean, it, honestly, it was – you're going to be there two weeks or however long we're there. Um, you're it's, This is a Super Bowl, for goodness sakes. You're going to have a great setup.
0: Does the NFL go over the top as far as taking care of the teams to make sure they have every need they can think of? Any Anything that you pop up that hey, I could use one of these, the NFL or the organization takes care of it for you?
2: Well, I don't know what the NFL does with all that. I know that the 49ers took care of us. There you go. We really needed. We had there wasn't anything that we lacked, you know. For an organization, there, you know, they they were pretty good. I thought.
0: All right, talk about the Saturday night before the Super Bowl. Could you sleep? Were you able to get to sleep? How nervous? The anxiety of knowing tomorrow I could be a freaking world champion.
2: You know, to be honest with you, I don't remember. Okay, I'd, I'd love to give you this big story that you know I stayed up all night, or I. Slept good or what? I don't remember. Okay. I do remember this. I remember the the day of the game. Um, when a game started, I remember that it was just like any game to me. Okay, I had to be on task. You know, I was signaling in the defenses to Pat Willis. Vic Fangio was our defense coordinator. He would give me the call, and I would have to either talk it through to to Pat or signal it in, mm-hmm. and. It was like any game um, from that standpoint. Now, before the game.
0: Pre-game routine, yes. All the glitter and glamour. I
2: scored, and I wasn't aware of that. So I couldn't do a lot of the drills that I did. Okay. But even before that, I came out. And you remember the, the shooting at Sandy Hook? Yep. Well, there's a lot of kids that were there to sing. Wow. And I remember vividly having my headphones down. I went in the middle of these kids and I just smiled. And I said, now y'all sing really good at halftime. You sing really good today. Okay. And I said, yes. Later on, I was told that's who they, that was. That's and right. that was pretty emotional for me. Sure. And then right when I was talking to those kids, Beyonce walked by me. Wow. And I turned, and Beyonce was about a foot from me. And I thought, now, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you that's know, so nice. those things were a little different. You don't always see Beyonce or, right, um, you know, those kind of things. So, um, and those kids, uh, I, I remember that a lot. And then obviously during the game, we might be getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but during the game, the power went out, we were getting beat pretty good. And then when the power went back on, I think I remember – they returned a touchdown all the way on a kickoff return, and then we just lit fire. We just we we came alive. So
0: let's get and to that. Got- so that was that was the big controversy in that game. Was if you everybody remembers the power in the Superdome goes out. How long was it? Was wasn't it like twenty or thirty minutes, or was it a? How long was the delay?
2: It was a good twenty minutes, if I remember correctly. I remember being on a knee watching the Ravens. They were all partying and laughing and i was pretty down because we we're gonna be pretty good and um uh you know i kind of went by myself you know at the you're around a 30 or 30 yard line or so and just got on a knee and just you know
0: so you guys all just chilled out on the on the lock and on the bench you didn't really go inside you didn't go no. back inside you stayed out there
2: stayed out there yeah okay and it's it took time to, you know, turn the lights back on and everything. But then right away they got a big play on the kickoff return. But then we just, God, we just played. We really played well. And like I said, we, you know, it. You have to watch the game. You watch replays. I, I should have a Super Bowl ring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just to remind everybody, the score is it's late in the game, thirty-four, thirty-one, Baltimore. The Niners are driving inside the 10 yard line. And was it was it a fourth down play? It was a fourth yep. down fade. You guys, Colin Kaepernick throws a ball to Crabtree in the end zone. No call. Right. Very controversial whether it's an interference or not. No call. And in the and the Baltimore Ravens end up winning 34 31. What I mean, just the 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 finality of a situation like that. How sickening is that knowing you're one play away theoretically from a Super Bowl
2: championship. Well, you know, I, as a kid, I'd always watched the Super Bowl and I always saw the confetti come down. And I always thought I would never want to be on that losing side. And I was. And the confetti came down everywhere. And it was surreal. I remember the finality of it all. You know, that the season was over, that we didn't win. And um, it was a, uh, it was a very, very empty feeling. And I remember walking in the locker room. I remember coach Harbaugh being extremely upset with the owners over the call. Right. Like you They, they they really, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't right. It went the wrong way. Yep. Right. Looking at Pat Navarro. I had a hard time going up to them. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say to them because they were, they were hurting so bad, you know, and, um, I finally just went up, and just put my hand on their shoulders, and I didn't really say anything. You know, it was it was difficult.
0: Yeah, that's that's you know you hear you hear these the stories of the of just the the pain and the suffering in these losing locker rooms because, like you said, for many of these guys, it's the only chance in their life they're going to go to a Super Bowl and possibly be a world champion. Same with coaches. I mean, hey, you you guys coach a long time, but most coaches only get one, if 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 at best one, maybe two opportunities to go to a Super Bowl. Or a, national yeah, cha- or a national championship type situation as a college coach.
2: Yeah, I would say most never get there. Yeah. You know, small percentage gets there.
0: So you get back to say how long did it take you to get over, not get over the game, but to where you felt, I mean, I know it probably never goes away, but how long did it take you to say, golly, we freaking just got, I should, we, we should be
2: world champions here. Well, you know, you move on. You just do, you know, it's, you know, you get ready for scouting, going to the combine, and everything else. You know, because it's late. And um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember exactly all my feelings. And I knew I was at this point. We didn't win. That's for sure.
0: Do they give you any kind of? Do they give you any kind of memorabilia for being a runner-up? Does the NFL provide any kind of
2: championship ring? You know. Okay. And you know you, you know you get some things being in the Super Bowl. You know and didn't mean a whole lot if you don't win right. you know but I, you know i take that back it's A hell um, of an accomplishment yes it did mean it didn't mean a lot to me that i was able to be in the super bowl and you know that, that it did you know it did
0: probably all the all the hard work for all the years you did all the work you've done again you've had a very accomplished career as a head coach and assistant coach both at both college and the nfl level just the hard work's gotta be gotta be for you internally, saying, you know what? That's why I do all this work, you know, for an opportunity like that.
2: No, uh, it's true. You know, and, and you're right. I, you know, through all the years I worked very hard. And I've and I've been very fortunate. I've probably been more fortunate than most. You know, I've been in some great um great games and you know, some great accomplishments really, you know, and some you know, it's uh, that was certainly one of them to be being a Super Bowl.
0: Any fun mo? Any fun moments you just remember from Super Bowl week? Just a like quirky fun thing that, like you said, the be- Beyonce standing a foot next to you on the field and just that kind of stuff. I mean, just those are the kind of the cool moments that a coach sometimes doesn't appreciate.
2: Well, I remember my wife's parents were in the stands, and I remember going up and talking to them before the game, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, having them there, but um. No, you know, it's just – I just remember working very hard and, you know, uh, just remember how – I remember I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. I wanted to do all I could to do the best I could to get those guys prepared because I never want to look back and wish I would have done more. All
0: right, last question, then we'll we'll get to the preview – a little preview of this week. How many, t- how many times after the game did you watch the
2: game film? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't for a while. Right. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, you know what? I think I did look back and grade it, but after that, I didn't really. Yeah. And, you know, I never saw the offensive play. I never saw the interference until um, later. Yeah. Uh, because I was on the sidelines and you couldn't really see it. But later in some broadcasts, I saw it and I go, no wonder Jim was so mad. <laughs> I, 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 I said, he definitely interfered. He wrapped the guy. Yeah. A crab here all year round with his arms. Yeah. No, it, was, wasn't even, it wasn't even, there wasn't even a uh, gray area, you know?
0: I remember. I remember. That was the, you know, obviously Joe Flacco and, and the Ravens win at 34 31. All right. So listen to the Powers on Sports podcast. We're talking to Coach Jim Levitt. He was in Super Bowl 47 with the 49ers as their linebacker coach. You know, he's had a, you know, he's been a head coach in, at the college level, been very successful, and he was very successful, uh, uh, NFL assistant coach with the 49ers and Coach Harbaugh. Um, talk, let's, let's look at let's look ahead to the, to the game Sunday, Philly and Kansas City. Give me a point or two about each team that you like, The something you really like that both these teams do.
2: Well, they're both very, very confident. They both are going to v- definitely expect to win. They both have very, very accomplished quarterbacks. They both use very good tight ends. Uh, their line of scrimmage is very good. You know, I think it's a it's a very even matchup. Uh I mean it really, really is. And um you know, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great game, I think. I, I really do. And you know, I, I kinda give the nod a little bit to Kansas City only because of Mahomes. Okay. You know, the aim is always a big thing, but he's got two weeks now to prepare. Yep. And I just think his I just give him the edge a little bit, you know, as a quarterback in this talk, game. Talk about do
0: you, do you know Spagnola at all or Jonathan Gannon?
2: Uh I've met him, but I don't really don't know him. Okay. Uh I mean they're they're, they're great both coaching staffs, have done a great job. I mean this is even as you can get. There's an awful lot of hype around the Eagles. Right. Uh, a lot of energy with the Eagles. Um the line of scrimmage with the Eagles, I, I really like say,
0: that. To me, that's a key to the game: is the offensive and defensive line. How can Kansas City m- handle that?
2: And, and nothing would surprise me in this game. Now I'm just telling you, I, yep. I, I don't, I don't know who I'd bet on. I really don't. Um, I'm just saying a little edge, maybe Kansas City because of Mahomes. You know that's. But, man, as a team, I would have to lean towards the Eagles. You know.
0: Talk about awesome. the difficulty. I know you've had to coach against this for many years at the college level. The RPO game that Jalen Hurts is going to bring that Philadelphia relies on heavily. How the, just defending that at the pro level is not as easy as it is. At the, it may, maybe it is. I don't. You tell me. Is it easier at the pro level because of the hash marks? Is it harder? Talk about the RPO game and Jalen Hurts that matchup versus that
2: Kansas City defense. Well, the one way to stop the RPOs is man coverage. Okay. Because you use the play action, your linebackers, uh, depending on the offensive line, how good they are at, at coming out at you know a hard step low, you're gonna lose those linebackers. So if you're running a lot of zone, there's a real void in there. You know that gives the quarterback some opportunity. You know the way I've always defended it is to run man, quite a bit of man, get people right over top of those those seams, and be right on people. Um. And Philly has think, two
0: tremendous wide receivers, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. So that's going to be a challenge for that Kansas City secondary.
2: No, it really is going to be. You know, uh, but I think Hurts, the fact that he can run. You know, not that Mahomes doesn't, but Mahomes with that ankle is not going to. I think you got to watch Hertz running maybe more in this game than he has. And they've they've got a number of quarterback run plays. Yep. And that I think they they'll use more in this game than they have. Now that they have it, they already have, and i I think that might be interesting to see how that plays out. See how well uh, the uh, the um, Kansas City defends uh, the running game yep. with uh, uh, Jalen Hurts at quarterback.
0: And then you look <laughs> on the Kansas City side. Obviously, uh, yep. Go ahead.
2: He can run and and on third downs, you know, yes. uh, and and in, and inside the red zone towards the goal line.
0: And then you got the dominant offensive line of Philadelphia that's just unbelievably right. playing well. That's just creating these seams. And and Kansas City's got a good defensive line, and obviously Chris Jones is an All Pro player. But if they can't, if Kansas City's defensive line cannot play close to even, that's it. Could be a long day for that Kansas City defense with the running game.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, like I, I said, I I like the Eagles, except Mahomes. Just you know, he's been there and. Yep. Well, good, you know, <laughs> not that it hurts it. So it's, it's, it's tough, you know, they're, and you know, you, you, sit there and think they're going to play in Arizona. You know, I don't know what the weather will be like, you know, I know they've got a kind of a close type roof and yep. do some things there. I've, I've been there, but um, it's a, it'll be a great atmosphere. It'll be, it'll be really something. It was interesting, you know, right down the road from me, Gary Sheffield yep. has his home. And I was on a golf cart with my girls today. I ran right into Gary. He's flying out. He said he was flying out tomorrow, I think, to go to the Super Bowl, do some golfing and do some things there. And it was fun just, you know, kind of got me excited, thinking I might want to go to the Super Bowl. It might be fun, (laughs) you know, especially this one. But um, my point is just the excitement behind this game. There's a lot of excitement.
0: And the coaching, you, you know, you you got a young coach, and Sirianni's a second year, pretty young guy, and then you got the 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 guy who's been there a million times, Andy Reid. How much do you think that's an advantage to coach Reid that he's been to the Super Bowl? He knows kind of what to expect, or do you think that's kind of a little bit overplayed?
2: Well, I think it's an advantage, I really do, but I don't know how much. Right. I mean, when you at this point, both teams are so good, and they've overcome so much to get to where they are. The conference level is so high that I don't I don't know how much it's going to be a factor.
0: All right, so sounds like you like Philadelphia in the game, or do you like? What do you
2: like? Give me a give me his prediction Uh, here, coach. I I would say I would say Kansas City by a few. Okay, but I, you know, you don't know. Yeah, you're right,
0: and and weird, and what's amazing about these Super Bowls, as you know some of the most obscure players on the roster become heroes, a special teams right. guy, a backup linebacker, a, a long snapper, covers a fumble in the star players do goofy things sometimes in these humongous games where it's the backup kind of guy or the third or fourth receiver makes these big plays.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, there's so many good players in these teams and that have been so productive this year. So it's, uh, you know, I'm not giving you a, a lot of <laughs> breakdown on that's all the right. of the defense on each of them, and you know what I think. I just think you know you had Hertz who can who has definitely quarterback run plays, and and I see that as their advantage. But then you have Mahomes who's just so artistic in his play. I mean, he keeps the he just moves the chains, and I think in the end. The experience he has, uh, I think, I think it's gonna, you know, come out on top.
0: Last question, I'll get you out of here. How many new things did you bring that did you guys bring out into the Super Bowl? Whether it's a defensive call, whether it's something you hadn't seen from the Ravens, were there a handful of new things, or did you guys just kind of go with your bread and butter calls when it comes to, you know, playing defense or things that you saw with the Ravens?
2: Oh, there were some things that were different that you wanted in your back pocket if you needed them. Now so there, there was, you know, and and uh, Vic Fangio did a good job with that, you know, with us and, uh, you know, so we, we definitely wanted to have, we didn't want to get in that game and not have answers. And, you know, we we worked very hard at that, even though the scores were high, 34-31, but um you know, we we worked very hard at uh, trying to make sure we had everything uh, in case they did this or that, right? And, and we had answers. And then we also looked at different pressures that we were going to give during the game.
0: Well, no matter what anybody can say, Coach, you are a Super Bowl coach. I know you don't have the ring on your finger like you probably should but to my, in my eyes, I mean, you, you nobody will ever take away that you coached in the Super Bowl, and that's a hell of an accomplishment. And you should be very proud.
2: I am. It was, it was, it was nice being a part of that group. They were, they were a lot of fun. Well,
0: Coach, thanks for the time, the great insight of, of what it's like in the locker room, on the field, pregame, everything. And, 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 Coach, I saw Beyonce at the Grammys last night. I'm sure she remembered Coach Jim
2: Leavitt. <laughs> uh, right. Well, thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Have a great night, coach. All right, we'll see you.
0: Now, a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to be a first time home buyer looking to upsize or even downsize your current property situation? Reach out to Jason Powers at Titan Home Lending, 205 790 1404, anywhere in the state of Florida. Let's get you pre approved, figure out how much money. How much house you can afford, whether it's an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo loan, even bank statement loans if you're self-employed, we can help you. You need to buy, you wanna build a home. We got a new construction loan available for you. Are you looking to renovate your home? There are renovation loans available and we are experts in the renovation loan, it part of the uh, home financing business. Reach out to me, Jason Powers, 205 790 1404. From Miami to Orlando to Jacksonville in Pensacola and anywhere in between, reach out to me at Titan Home Lending where my loan gets you into your home. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed our chat with Jim Levitt recounting his experience Super Bowl 47 Ravens 49ers in New Orleans. A lot of controversy in that game. You heard him tell you some great stories about uh, pregame with Beyonce, some of the stuff during the game, you know, the controversial ending with the no call and the pass interference call, the just uh distraughtness that overtakes you when you lose a Super Bowl and all the dressings of making it to a Super Bowl. So hopefully you enjoyed that. So before we get you out of here, it's going to hit a couple nuggets on the basketball front. First off, we're about four weeks away from Selection Sunday in the College Hoops. We're going to start our College Hoops analysis leading into Selection Sunday next week. So we'll, we'll have some basket college basketball uh, guests for you here these next three or four weeks leading into Selection Sunday and March Madness. Uh, there's an opportunity that I might be uh, working on the call for the Big South uh, Conference title game. Uh, In Charlotte, North Carolina, I'll have some more details probably next week for you on that. So there's a good, decent chance that I might be on the radio call of the Big South title game. Charlotte, North Carolina, March the 5th. But again, we will let you know next week as well. Also, maybe heading to Orlando for the regionals. There is a, there is a region, there's a, uh, the first and second round is in, one of the sites is in Orlando. So may actually be going to Orlando as well for some of the games Possibly on that Saturday of the first weekend. But what a great uh, three or four day period. Uh, the first four days of the NCAA tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some of the best four days of the sports calendar. I'll be watching all the games from 12 o'clock till 12 o'clock at night. And all the festivities that go on out in Vegas and all over the country with all the uh, brackets and all that stuff. So we'll definitely hit it up. Uh, hit you some college basketball here as we move f- towards march madness which happens i believe it's the 12th is selection sunday so uh give a shout out to lebron james congratulations to him he passed kareem abdul jabbar on tuesday night in los angeles all-time leading scorer in nba history you know this this is a record all credit to lebron for doing it but it's 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 it's, it's, as much about a longevity record as it is about a skill you know obviously uh he's had the ability to play he's he's in his 20th year Remember, he didn't go to college, so he started playing at 18. So, again, to play 20 years in the NBA at an elite level, to put up the, the the kind of points he's put up per year, every year, give him all the credit in the world. He passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who held that record for many, many years. Um, will be a long, long time before somebody passes LeBron James. Because, again, he's not done. He's probably going to play at least another Probably two years. You remember his son is getting ready to finish high school. Uh, we'll see what his son does in college. I don't think his son is quite ready to go to the NBA year one. So he'll probably go to college for one year. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I think LeBron's goal is to try to play at least one year with his son in the league. So we'll see how that goes. But again, this record will be an ongoing number. Again, if you're an NBA fan, nobody ever remembers the exact number of points Kareem had. Uh, they just knew he was the leading scorer. It's it's really a an accumulation number more so than Wilt Chamberlain scoring a hundred or uh, you know Kobe scoring eighty two and you know eleven championships out of Russell things like that. You know baseball you got the Ted uh, Joe DiMaggio fifty six game hitting streak you got the home run record things like that. Not a lot of numbers in basketball that are just iconic that you everybody remembers. But um, especially the scoring title nobody's going to remember the the final number. But again, give LeBron James full credit uh, for doing that. Uh, and again, he'll comp- continue to compile that number here in the next couple of years. So uh, NBA trading deadline is on Thursday. So you probably, when you're listening to this, the deadline is probably passed. A couple trades to make you aware of that have already happened. Obviously, Kyrie's going to Dallas. What a bozo Kyrie is. I, I'm just so tired of Kyrie. I, I, I wish, you, you don't ever want to wish injury on somebody. But I wish he would blow his knee out, and could never play again, because that guy d- doesn't deserve the the money he gets, doesn't deserve the uh, accolades for his on court play that he gets, because he's such a goofball and a bozo off the court and with his teammates and a teammate, he is an absolute cancer in there in whatever locker room this guy's ever been in. He had the gall to say how selfless he was, he's been with the Nets, and he felt disrespected by the Nets. Does everybody remember Kai? This guy refused to take a, a shot, refused to play for the Nets last year, uh, but yet he wanted to He wanted his money, he wanted to get paid, but he didn't want to be any kind of team player. Take his, take the, take the vaccination, join his team, help his team win. He won one series in three and a half years in Brooklyn. He was a team obliterator in Cleveland. He was terrible in Cleveland. Was bad in Boston. Terrible teammate. They got rid of him uh, again. Team him up with Luka Doncic in Dallas. It's a you know this obviously the guy is looking for a four year extension, two hundred million dollars. You have to be out of your mind if you're an NBA owner. And you give that guy four a four a guaranteed four year contract, two million dollar two hundred million dollars. Uh, I would make that guy play one year at a time. Somebody will give him probably three to four years. How stupid would you be to do that? But again, there's no way in the world if I'm any kind of contending team, I give that guy more than a two-year contract. Uh, again, excellent player on the court, no no disputes on that. But just a absolute team killer off the court. Not a good teammate. Plays no defense. Doesn't try on defense. You know, if it ain't if it ain't if it ain't Kyrie, it's somebody else's fault and all that stuff. So it be interesting to see how that he and Luka Doncic work out in Dallas. DeAngelo Russell traded to the Lakers. Lakers were finally able to get rid of uh, what Russell Westbrook's contract. They unloaded him to Utah as part of a three-team deal. D'Angelo Russell goes to the Lakers, and then Mike Conley goes to Minnesota. So that's a, it is an upgrade for the Lakers. I, will, I, will, I, will, I like that. It's a decent move. Um, so I think that, that move could actually help the Lakers a little bit. Uh, it will be interesting to see if the Lakers can get in the playoffs. They are currently, I think, in 13th place. Uh, the uh, all-star game is, I believe, next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend in Utah, Salt Lake City. We got Most teams got about 30 games to go in the season. Now they're going to start jockeying for position. Lakers right now on the outside looking in. Be, again, be interesting to see uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron, now D'Angelo Russell. Can they make that work? Can they somehow get into the, into the 7 or 8 seed uh, to avoid the play-in scenario? We'll see. There'll be some good teams that are five, six, seven, eight in the West. Golden State's potentially going to be there. Dallas could be there. So you're going to have some pretty good. The Lakers could be there. You're going to have some pretty good matchups in these, in the especially in the Western Conference, uh, where, where some of these lower seeds might be the favorite going into the first round. So we'll be interested to see what happens to the rest of the trade deadline. But Again, at the time of this recording, D'Angelo Russell just got peddled to the to the Lakers and Kyrie to Dallas. So. Uh, there's your basketball update. Remember, if you haven't already subscribed, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Love to hear from you on Twitter at JPO Sports. Um, we're trying to put out content for you every week. We'll have a, uh, I'm also involved with the No Quarter Given podcast with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you're a Bucks fan, you want to hear some uh, pre-free agency uh, chatter, go go find the podcast we put out about two weeks ago. Outlining free agents and all that, we will have another Bucks podcast towards the end of February first of March, as we get closer to, to the new uh, league year starting. Kind of going over some scenarios of what the Bucks might might do at quarterback, salary cap situation, all that stuff. So if you're a Bucks fan, no quarter given podcast, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network, and again we will be having uh, we'll have some more we'll have some basketball stuff starting next week. We'll have some good guests for you, breaking down uh, some teams to be aware of on the college scene as we head towards March Madness. Appreciate you finding us. Uh, And again, we will see you next week on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at jposports.com. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.